everybody, and welcome to another episode of Draw Near. As you can tell, it's just me flying solo once again this week. We're diving a little deeper in our series on the Our Father, so we're picking up where we left off. But before we get to the main focus of this week, I wanted to tie up some loose ends and kind of do some house cleaning, if you will, or housekeeping on the Our Father itself and connecting last week to this week. So first, we're going to look at St. Thomas Aquinas. So you may remember last week, he referred to the Our Father as the most perfect prayer. And he pointed to the fact that the Our Father, its structure, the seven petitions that you find in the Our Father, actually not only teaches how to pray, but also teach us the right order of things and the right order to pray and, and how we should desire things both in our prayers and in the way we live our lives. So what does he mean by that? And what does that look like in the structure of the, of the Our Father? The first three petitions. So what are we talking about when we say the first three petitions? Well, one, the first one, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's number one. The second one, thy kingdom come. The third one, thy will be done. You notice something in particular about that, and you probably recall from St. Thomas Aquinas, if you were able to check out that episode, what do these focus on? What do these three petitions focus on? The first three, they focus on God. They focus on God himself. They relate to God and how we are to love him, how we are to serve him, how we are to honor him. But here with these first three petitions in the Our Father, they're focused on God's glory. You see, it's characteristic of love to think about the beloved. If we love God, this is where we start. God, we love you for who you are, not just what you do for us. Lord, we praise you. You alone are awesome and worthy of all praise. What should we ask of him first? Sanctification of his name. We start there. Lord, your name be praised. You alone are awesome. You alone are worthy. Then we move on to the coming of his kingdom and the fulfillment of his will. So when we look at the Our Father, we start there. We start with God, those first three petitions. And then the second half, those last four petitions, what do they focus on? And those will be the subject of uh, pretty much uh, the last few ep- uh, shorty episodes on the Our Father. So we'll get there eventually. But those last four petitions, so that would be give us a stay our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. So those last four, what do they focus on? They focus on our own shortcomings. They focus on our needs. They highlight our dependence upon God, the merciful Father. What are we praying when we pray those? Again, review from last time. Feed us, forgive us, sustain us in our temptations, and free us from the evil one. So you see, we start here in the, in the order of things, giving praise to God, wanting his kingdom to come and his will be done. And then we move on to us. But we start with God. Diving into the main topic for this week, hallowed be thy name. What does that mean? Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed in particular as a word. It's not a word we use a lot in everyday language, hallowed. It means to be made holy, to be set aside, to conform to God's purpose. But isn't God the source of his own holiness? Isn't he holy in himself. Does it mean somehow that we make God holy? No, (laughs) it doesn't mean that. So what does it mean? What does this hallowed be thy name? What does that mean? First, it reminds us that we hallow God's name by giving honor, by giving respect, by giving reverence, 
by adoring God. We are first here recognizing that God's name is holy, and so we should treat it that way. We should treat it with great care. We are asking that God would help us to revere his name, that God would help us to not take his name in vain, that that God would help us bear good witness of him and his name in the world, that we would treat it with the reverence it deserves. We are acknowledging that we owe God reverence, that we owe God worship. On one hand here, we're asking that we recognize God, God's name is holy and treat it in such a way, especially in the way we live our lives. But on the other hand, we're also asking that we would live in such a way that others would come to know and revere as holy the name of God we profess faith in and pray to in this very prayer. Whether or not God's name is praised in the earth is largely dependent upon us and how we represent him in the world. One of my favorite scripture passages, and it's kind of an odd one, to be a favorite. This is not one you're going to have cross-stitch on a pillow. It's not one you're going to have hanging in your mudroom or in your living room or anything like that, but it comes from Isaiah 52, and it says, My name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. My name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. That's a strange passage to have as a favorite, I realize. The reason I like that passage so much is because it's a reminder of what this line is actually saying. And Ezekiel 36 actually says something similar. What we see here is the Lord is lamenting that his name is blasphemed in the world because of the behavior of those who were to be his ambassadors in the world, who were his chosen people, who were to represent him in the world. We actually see this, a similar thing in some of the church's teaching when, when, when it talks about, especially Vatican II, the rise of atheism. And it oftentimes lays the blame for this at the feet of Christians who give poor witness. See, that's the thing. Like St. Paul himself says, we are to be living epistles of Christ known and read by all men. 2 Corinthians 3, 2 through 3, if you want to look that up. What does that mean? Living epistles known and read by all men. That basically means we are to be living, breathing, walking Bibles. That means that the Christ others encounter is the Christ we model for them. The Christ that others come to know is the Christ we live in the world. So it has a direct effect. So that that strange passage that I mentioned as a favorite from Isaiah 52 and Ezekiel 36, what it's reminding us of is the same thing in this passage. Whether or not people come to know the Lord, to praise his name, does in fact have a lot to do with how I represent him in the world. Am I living as a Christian witness? Am I being Christ to those around me? Jesus himself says this in John 1335, by this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus says, if you're my disciples, love one another as I have loved you. We see this over and over again throughout scripture, the importance of loving one another. How much we need to be reminded of this constantly. I was recently reading a book on leadership, and it compares organizations um, to the Spartans, actually. And it talks about the importance of the shield for the Spartans. And one of the chapters ends with this analogy that I think holds true here as well, that it says how too often it is that many of us turn our spears on each other rather than holding up our shields and protecting one another and keeping each other safe. It's kind of the same thing here. Are we bearing witness 
of Christ's love? Are we loving one another with that self-giving love that Jesus is talking about? See, others see that witness, and it causes them to hallow his name. So when we are praying, Lord, would your name be praised in the world on account of me? May others come to know you. May others come to know the face of Jesus through me. The Jesus they know, again, reiterating this, because I can't stress it enough, is the Jesus we model for them. Living, breathing, walking Bibles, that's what we're called to be. Hallowed be thy name. Reality here, by virtue of our baptism, every one of us is called to a life of holiness and mission. Those two callings actually converge in this petition. Each one of us is called to share the joy of the gospel and the love of Christ to a world so desperately thirsty for that love. How well we do this is directly proportionate to our pursuit of holiness and intimacy with Christ in our own lives. How much do we desire his name to be hallowed? How much do we desire his name to be praised? The Catechism, again, makes this point clear. It says this in paragraph 2808. This work, then, is realized for us and in us only if the name is hallowed by us and in us. We pray, hallowed be thy name. And it reminds us not only that this is our purpose, but also that in this petition we are praying that we would make God's name holy in our lives so that the world can see the face of Christ in us and in how we live our lives. I love the words of St. Patrick here, and they directly relate. And I encourage you to take some time to reflect on these words and think about them maybe throughout this week as we come into uh, next week's episode, because it kind of ties in here as well. St. Patrick, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me, Christ on the lips of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in the mind of everyone who thinks of me. That's the prayer, hallowed be thy name, lived well. We give witness to God's name and help to ensure that his name is hallowed by doing what? What do we do? What are we praying? Lord, help me to do all these things well. When we pray, hallowed be thy name, we are saying, Lord, help me to do your will. Help me to be a person of prayer. Help me to allow your grace to animate my life. Lord, may I not stifle the Holy Spirit. May I not quench the Holy Spirit. May I not grieve the Holy Spirit. Lord, may I seek first your kingdom. Lord, may I be a person of virtue. Lord, may I, with all of my strength, with all of my being, endeavor to make your name known and praised. Lord, may I bear witness to the love of God in the world, especially to those who do not share the same opinions as me. Lord, may I put first my purpose in this life, to know you, to love you, to serve you. Lord, I am called like all people to do all that I can to cooperate with your will and ensure your name is praised and glorified, that others would come to know your love for all eternity through my witness. That's what we're praying when we pray, hallowed be thy name.